Church, say amen. amen. All right, grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. John chapter number 4. John chapter number 4. Isn't it good to be saved? Man, 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 it's good to be saved. It's good to know the Lord. It's good to uh, uh, be secure in Him. And I'm so glad no matter what the devil does, he can't take what God gave me. He just can't do it. He can swing and he can huff and he can puff. But, uh, hey, it's all good. It's all good. He's not going to fight somebody that's not a threat. So thank God if you're getting, if you're getting chased down and if he's, getting, he's been on your back, if, if, if his demons have been on your trail, that means you're, you're up to something. Amen? And, and you are a threat to him. So let's, let's, let's stay being a threat. Let's stay being a threat. John 4 in verse number 1. <clears throat> now, if you remember, uh, last chapter, last chapter, the beginning of the last chapter, uh, we find a religious man coming to Jesus and seeking out Jesus and, and is curious about who Jesus is, and he's seeking real salvation. Well, here we're going to have a story that's a, it's a little different. We're, we're going to talk about a woman who is not religious. We're going to talk about a woman uh, uh, who is not. Matter of fact, if we want to put it this way, she is the exact opposite of Nicodemus in chapter number 3. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And so we're going to see how Jesus responds, not, not just to Nicodemus in chapter 3, but we're going to see how Nicodemus is going to respond to this woman in chapter number 4. So let's begin reading in verse number 1. It says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, uh, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, uh, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. <clears throat> now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? And the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir... Thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith that he's got her attention now. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me that water. I, I, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. I need what you're talking about. That I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. There was probably a pause. Then the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said, You got that right. Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidst thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Uh, our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And it's amazing. It's amazing. When, when you go to talking... And, 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 and trying to get uh, uh, to, the, to the, 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 the meat of the matter, how someone who doesn't even care who he is and wonder why he's even talking to her, and now all of a sudden she's getting spiritual on him. Y'all with me? Anyway, that's just my thoughts. <clears throat> Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saying to her, Woman, believe me. The hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And in, uh, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, 
And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah is coming, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, read it with me, I that speak unto thee am he. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the privilege of being here. Thank you for the good crowd tonight. Lord, I don't deserve this, and I don't deserve this opportunity. And I don't deserve this privilege, and I don't have to do this. I get to do this. And Lord, I'm, I'm honored, and I, I'm, I'm very thankful, and I appreciate it. And Lord, I pray that you'll help me just, just open this, this chapter up and let us see your heart and your love and your focus on sinners, on broken people, on needy people, on the outcast people. I pray that your perfect will be done. I pray that you'll move in an awesome way. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I want to I kind of set the table. I want to kind of set the table. I, I printed off a few verses I would like to read. Uh, just to kind of set the table for the, the subject in the, in the, in the, in the lesson tonight. Uh, just to kind of get an idea of why we're here, uh, we're here or we are remaining here because of why Jesus came and why he was here. So, so, and I'll explain that here in just a second. John chapter 3 in verse 16 is probably one of the most familiar verses in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be, might be saved. Luke 19.10 For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let me say that again. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save. save. Say it with me. And to save that which was lost. Matthew 9, 10. And it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. The, these are the undesirables. These are the outcasts. These are the, these are the people that were not uh, in Sunday school this, this Sunday. Say amen. When the Pharisees saw it, this is the religious crowd that comes to Sunday school so they can judge everybody else that's there. The Pharisees saw it. They said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? What's he doing hanging out with this kind of crowd? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Matthew 18, 11, again we see the same phrase. For the Son of Man has come to save. Say that with me. He's come to save. He came to save that which was lost. Romans 5, 6. For when we were yet without strength, when we were incapable of helping ourselves, incapable of fixing ourselves, incapable of changing our condition and our situation, in due time, Right on time, just in time, Christ died for the ungodly. Let me say that again. Christ died for the ungodly. For the ungodly. I'm afraid, I'm afraid that sometimes, uh, and, and I'm going to be talking about evangelism, and I'm going to be talking specifically about personal evangelism, but I'm afraid there's way too many Christians that's looking for the wrong kind of people. And they're not looking for the kind of people that Jesus was looking for. I'm afraid modern day churches are looking for good church members. They're kind of, they're kind of uh, like the military branch of service. They're looking for a few good men. But that's not who Jesus was looking for. And that's not who Jesus died for. And I want to just go ahead and reach on out here and say this. That the people that you classify as ungodly are no different than you are. 
When it comes to our need for salvation and our falling short of the glory of God, for there is none righteous, no, not one. Somebody say amen. In due time, right on time, he died for the ungodly. I'm in that crowd. And if you're breathing air, you're in that crowd. He says, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Goes right there. 1 Timothy 1.15. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Paul is saying, he is telling Timothy, he said, you can mark this down, you can take this to the bank. If there was ever a true statement that was made, Jesus came to this earth to save sinners. Jesus came to this earth to save sinners. Jesus came and died to save sinners. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Can you see the heart of Jesus in these verses we just read? Can you see the focus of Jesus in these verses we just read? The desire of Jesus in the focus of what we just read. He, listen, he didn't come and hang around the religious. He didn't come and hang out in places that most people would have thought a Messiah, a, 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 a godly uh, sent person would come. He come and hung out with crazy people, lost people, ungodly people, people who everybody else looked down on. Why? That's why he came. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. That was his agenda. That was his goal. That was his desire. That was his drive. That's what, that's what, listen, that's why he woke up in the morning is to seek out those who were in need, seek out those who were broken, seek out those who were ungodly so that they could come and meet him and find hope and help and salvation. Say amen. Now, now, uh, what, what, what do people call y'all? Well, you know, uh, Anyway, y'all know what I mean. Say it again. Everybody say it. Say it again. Everybody say it. In the balcony. Christian means Christ-like. Correct? Christ-like. Okay, so let's, let's look at this set of verses. Matthew 28, 19. <clears throat> Jesus is speaking to his disciples before he leaves this earth. Go ye, therefore... Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And by the way, the gospel is the good news. The gospel is the information that there is a son of God who came. He was the Messiah. He was the Savior of the world. He came to this earth. He died on a cross that our sins could be forgiven, that we could receive his free gift of mercy and salvation, and they don't have to go to hell, and they could make it to heaven. Honey, that's good news. And according to Jesus, that is to be our agenda. That is to be our goal. You say, well, preacher, I'm not a missionary. I'm a plumber. Listen, your job as a Christian, your job and your responsibility as a Christian is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, you may be plumbing to put food on the table, but your agenda is to share the gospel with everybody you run into. It is to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. Now watch this. It goes even, watch this, watch this. Acts 1. Acts 1, 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now what are you to do with that power? Are you to show off with that power? 
Are you, are you, are you to use that power to, as a toy like some of them did in the Corinthian church and to show off and to uh, uh, cause discord among the brethren? No, no. The purpose of the power is so you can be a witness unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. God has given us all the Holy Spirit. God has given us all a supernatural divine power so we could share the gospel with every creature. Say amen. Now watch this. Watch this. This is Jesus. This is Jesus, right? John 9, 4. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Now watch this. As long as, long as I am in the world... I am the light of the world. Let me say that again. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now watch what he tells him before he goes. He tells Christians, ye. Oh, yeah, I missed some of you. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Whether you're a plumber, whether you're a painter, whether you're an architect, whether you're a builder, whether you're a demo man, whether you're a salesman, whether you're a preacher, missionary, deacon, it doesn't matter who you are. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Jesus said, while I am in the world, I'm the light of the world. But I'm going back to be with my Father because I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. In the meanwhile, in the meantime, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me, unto Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Let's translate that for us right now. You shall be witnesses to me in Coleman. You shall be witnesses to me in Alabama. You shall be witness to me in the nation of, 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 of America. You shall be witness to me in, listen, Africa, Asia. You shall be witnesses to me in Germany. Are y'all with me? Now that's our job. That's our responsibility. We see the heart of Jesus in the beginning. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Then we see our agenda and our responsibility. We're to take that same agenda, that same passion, that same anointing, that same power, and go tell everyone, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around, Jesus saves. Amen? Amen? The Bible says in Acts, in Acts, at the end of Acts chapter number 2, it says, and the Lord added to the church, and the Lord added to the church such as should be saved, those who were being saved. Now, how did he do it daily? If you go right into chapter number 3 of, of, the, uh, of, of the book of Acts, you'll find out that, listen, that, that Peter and John was just doing their daily thing, and they took advantage of an opportunity that God gave them in their daily routine. It doesn't have to be Sunday. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be at church. Y'all with me? Now here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. In, in, in John chapter number 3, we find a man coming to Jesus. He's seeking. He's seeking. He's a religious man. And he's a good guy. Y'all with me? He's a good guy. He, if you, I mean, if, you, if anybody look at him, he's, he's not just, he's, he's very religious. He's very moral. He's a law keeper. I mean, he's just, a, he's a great guy. But he's, he's seeking Jesus. He's seeking truth. He's seeking the kingdom. Are y'all with me? And now, now we have somebody that's the exact opposite. And we see Jesus bringing himself or bringing Nicodemus to himself. Now look in, John, look, look in John chapter number 4. Watch this. Now we have Jesus in a journey. <clears throat> he, he, finds out, he finds out that the Pharisees, they're starting to hear about him, and they're starting to see that, that he's baptizing more people than John, and, and he's becoming more popular than John. And by the way, the Pharisees hated John because he called him a generation of vipers. Amen? 
Well, then, 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 then they hated Jesus even more than John because he did stuff and broke their tradition. He'd heal people on, 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 on times where they didn't think he should, and he, he broke all their culturalistic ideals and their traditions, and so they hated him more, even to the point they wanted to kill him. So he moves off out of the area. And the reason why is this is no time. He has too much to do to stir up the mess right then. There's time for that. It will come. He's got business to take care of. And then the Bible says this. He must needs go through Samaria. Now, here's the deal. There were, there were two other ways that you could get to where Jesus is going besides going through this city of Sakar. Now, any self-respecting Jew would not even bother going through here. Matter of fact, let's, if, just, just for historical facts, okay? Just for historical sake, let's look at this, because you may not be familiar with this, but Jews hated Samaritans. They hated each other. Samaritans were a, a, a mixed breed of people, if you will, hybrid people. Uh, they were half Assyrian and half Jews. Jews looked very much down upon that. They were not supposed to mix with the Gentiles. They were not supposed to, to, to cross that way because they were God's chosen people and God wanted them separated unto him. And so here we have a whole, a whole race of people, if you will, who, who are half Assyrian and half Jewish. And, and, and see, if you go all the way back, <clears throat> if you go all the way back to Nehemiah building the wall and, and trying to restore the city, the Samaritan people wanted to help them and they wouldn't let them. And that caused a divide, so they wouldn't let them. And then they became oppositions to the, 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 the job and the work trying to build a temple. And so that created a hatred between them. And see, as that boiled down, down through the years, that bitterness grew and grew and grew. How many of y'all know bitterness will kill you? And so that bitterness between the Samaritans and the Jews, it got greater and greater and greater to the point that some even believe, some Jewish people even believe the Samaritans didn't even have a soul. God hated them. Surely God hates them because we do. These are outcast people. I mean literally outcast people. And what it made it even worse is they went and made their own temple. If you're not going to let us come to yours in Jerusalem, we're just going to make up our own. And so that just drove the wedge even deeper into the deal. And these were, I mean, when, when, Jesus, when Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan, I mean, it literally, it literally set the Jews on fire because the, the Samaritans were awful. So, so let's think about this. This woman is an outcast. Not only... Is it she a culturalistic and religious outcast from the Jewish people? And by the way, by the way, God wasn't for all that. God wasn't, he wasn't all about the Jews hating the Samaritans. It was the Jews' responsibility to win the Samaritans and all of the rest of the world and bring them unto the true and living God. But it's amazing to me that the religious crowd, they wouldn't even win their own people, much less the Samaritans. Jesus didn't care about none of that. She was, she, was, she was an outcast. She was an outcast culturally. She was an outcast religiously. But not only that, she was very immoral. Immoral. She's had five husbands and was committing adultery and living in adultery with one that wasn't even her own husband. And most likely, most likely, the reason that she had five husbands is because of her adulterous ways. Here we find, here we find Jesus in his journey. <clears throat> 20 mile hike he had just taken. 20 miles he had, he had walked and 20 miles they had traveled. And so he gets to this well. He gets to this well and he's, whew, he's weird with his journey. Now, if you study the word, it means exhausted. I mean, literally, I'm, I'm just, I mean, I've ever used the phrase, I'm just dead tired. I'm just exhausted. Here, Jesus, we can see his humanity. I heard a preacher, I heard a preacher preaching on this, and I like to listen to other people's 
messages and stuff on what I'm trying to teach just to get some different views on the deal. And, and I never thought about this, and I never put it in, in perspective. But Jesus never performed one single miracle to, to, to defend himself, to feed himself, to clothe himself, or any of that nature. Every miracle was for someone else. He never used his supernatural powers to benefit himself. It was always to be a blessing to others. What's the point? He honored work. And he honored effort. He honored care. He honored, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're going to be clothed and fed, you're going to do it by work. And you're going to do it by effort. Or by someone else's work and effort. There's no such thing as free lunch. Amen. Somebody's going to pay for it. And so here Jesus is honoring that. And Jesus is showing his humanity in this. It's amazing that we see so much of his deity, but then we see so much of his humanity. He just sees he's exhausted. He's just wore out, just dead tired. And here comes this woman. Now think about the time that she's coming. She's coming at noon. In the heat of the day. When it's burning hot. Y'all with me? Now y'all know in the last couple of days it's gotten, it's gotten warm. And, and you know in, in that culture, in that part of the world, it gets real hot. And so here, here we have a woman coming to a well at, at noon in the middle of the day. So what's the big deal, preacher? Well, here's the thing. In the culture of that day, it was the woman's job to do the, the men would work in the field and the women would do the household chores and, and they, it was their responsibility to gather water and you had to do it every day because water was a very, very high commodity that you had to have water in, that, in the climate and in the, in the atmosphere. You had to have it. You had to go get it every single day. There was no running water. You didn't have a faucet you could cut on. You had to go to the well. Y'all with me? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. If, 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 if you, you look at the culture, women didn't go at 12. They didn't go in the heat of the day. They would always go at dusk when the sun had set. They would go when it had cooled off. And here's the thing. How many of y'all know ladies can't do nothing alone? They go in bunches. And so this is, this is the deal. This is the deal. Women would gather together, and it would be from this household and that household and from over here and from everywhere, and we're just going to go to the well because we're not just going to draw water. We're going to talk. <laughs> Y'all with me? So here we have a woman who's coming to a well. And, and, and here's the thing. <clears throat> there, there's another thing I, I didn't realize, that, that many scholars believe that this, this well, this wasn't the closest well to where she lived. There were several other wells that were closer to where she lived. This was one like out of the way. I wonder why a woman's coming in the heat of the day and coming to a well that's way out of the way that probably most people are not going to go to. I wonder, I wonder could it be if, if this woman had such a bad reputation Because of her shame. And because she know. And, and by the way, by the way, <clears throat> from my life experience, I found out that women can be hard on each other. Could it be that she just couldn't take the stares anymore? And she couldn't take the whispers that, that went on as she came up. And she just wanted to be alone. Because I'd rather go in the heat of the day and I'd rather go even farther than I have to go just to stay away from the scrutiny and the shame and the judgmental looks and the judgmental whispering and all of these things. So we have Jesus sitting at a well. And, and remember, remember what we said? He said he must needs go through Samaria. We'll, we'll get to that in our notes. I'm, I'm just trying to set the table. Is this okay? He's tired, he's exhausted, he's, he could have went a couple other ways and most Jews would have gone other ways because they didn't even want to go through and hang out with Samaritans. But here Jesus is, and here she is. 
And Jesus, he sees a what? Everybody say it. He sees opportunity. Look at look, number one. How many of y'all know there's opportunities all around us? I, I, let me give you two illustrations, and then we'll, we'll do the notes. Oh, boy. <clears throat> uh, in, in this morning's devotion, in this morning's devotion, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do prayer requests and praises and that type of thing. And, and Miss, Miss Belisa, uh, Miss Belisa Berry was, was just so excited, and, 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 and her praise was that, that, that she was able, someone had come to the office to, to, to talk and to, to counsel and that type of thing. And, and so she was able to take advantage of that, and, and she had the opportunity of leading someone to Christ. And, and I, t- I tell you what, that's for anybody, that's exciting. I'm telling you, it jacks me up. Anytime I get to share the gospel with somebody and they get saved. But see, here she is in her office. Someone came to her. And uh, that's like, that's like, that's like uh, uh, picking way ripe fruit. <clears throat> that's, a, that's a Nicodemus situation. Y'all with me? That's a, that's a Nicodemus situation. He's looking. He's already religious, so he's, he's, I don't want to use the word halfway there, but ain't a whole lot of work need to be done, amen? But here we have an immoral woman, an outcast woman, a woman who, 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 who probably, anyway, I'm not even going to speculate that way, but, but the point is she's indifferent. She's not looking for Jesus. She's not looking for salvation. She's not looking for a Messiah. She is the exact polar opposite of Nicodemus. Now, I wish I could say to all of you Christians in here who who have the responsibility to share the gospel, and we all do. We all do. It's our job to take the gospel to every creature. It's our job to take advantage of every opportunity we can. I wish I could tell you that God will have them lined up. He'll have their names given to you. You'll know who they are, and you can make appointments for every one of them. But that's just not reality. Most of our personal evangelism experiences are going to be more like the woman at the well than Nicodemus coming to Jesus in the night. Are y'all with me? I, 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 Sunday, we went to, when Jordan and Austin was here, we went to, to eat uh, before they drove back home and uh, for Mother's Day, and we were all sitting around the table, and you know on Mother's Day, everybody goes to eat. And uh, and I could just sense, I could just sense in our waitress frustration. And, uh, and, and uh, man, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I feel sorry for all of them. I, 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 did, a, I did a celebrity, uh, 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 I don't know why they use that term, because I sure ain't no celebrity. Uh, I guess they figured I knew a lot of people, and I'd sell a lot of plates. I don't know, but... Uh, a, a, a deal at, at Brandon Iron one time where I was the, the, the waiter and taking orders and all that. And, and I, I'm going to tell you, I, 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 I received a revelation that night. <clears throat> I, I, I received a revelation and a vision, and number one, I ain't no waiter. <clears throat> and, 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 and number two, uh, them people are way undervalued and under-tipped. <clears throat> And number three, that if, 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 if I wasn't the celebrity and they knew what my pastor was, a couple of them would be wearing suit that night. <clears throat> On top of their heads, say amen. And so ever since then, ever since then, man, I, I have tried my best to go out of my way no matter what just to be kind to the waiter or waitresses and all that kind of, and I, I could just sense it, I could feel it. Now I, I would I would try to talk to her and she had that that look and 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 I said has it has it been a bad day and, and and she said she said we opened up early and it's been like and it was chaotic right then he said it's been like this the whole time and she said I'll be here till eleven tonight started like ten thirty that morning and uh, and by then we had done said the blessing and uh, because they had brought bread and I wasn't waiting say man. <clears throat> 
And so the blessing was already done, but, but I, you know, I, I've seen other people do this, and, and I've heard this taught at conferences and stuff, so I, I was going to take advantage of this opportunity. And like I said, we done said a blessing, and, and when I said this, my kids looked at me like, we done said it, you know, but uh, she came back to the table. I said, man, I said, man, we're fixing to, we're fixing to say the blessing over our food and pray over our food. Is, is there anything we can pray for you about? And she just looked at me and then kind of turned her head. I don't know whether it was a high to tear or what the deal was. She said, that's awful sweet. And I said, ma'am, you just look like you're having a, a tough day. And guess what? She had just separated from her husband. And here she is on Mother's Day. And it was the first time that the husband got the daughter on Mother's Day. See, we have no idea. Now, now, I, I, I wasn't able to go through the plan of salvation because there's a right time and a wrong time. If you, if you think you're super spiritual and you try to lead somebody down the Romans road when they got 50 customers waiting on them, you're ignorant. <clears throat> okay? So let me save you, let me save them from, you. listen, do whatever you can, pray for them. There's a right and a wrong time for everything. You got to be respectful of people and respectful of their employers. Are y'all with me? I told her we'd be praying for him. Gave him a, just a. Anyway, anyway, we tried our best to minister and be a blessing to her. That's the people that we're most likely going to have to reach. Do you see what I'm getting at here? Most of us are not going to have a Nicodemus situation. Most of us are going to have a broken person that God brings our way that we need to take advantage of a great opportunity. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Write this down. I want you to see the source of it. How many, how many of y'all, let's, let's just, just take a poll. How many of y'all take a poll? How many of y'all would love, before Jesus comes back, to have the opportunity to win someone to Christ? Now, think about this. You cannot take one single thing to heaven with you but you can take someone else. Now, let's, let's do that poll again. How many of y'all would love the opportunity to be able to take the gospel and, and bring somebody to Christ, all right? All right, so let's, let's look at how we're going to do this. Number one, I want you to see the source of opportunity. The source of opportunity. First, I want you to write this down. I want you to write the word prayer. Prayer. Do you see that line? It, it, I don't know if you can, you can see my Bible. <clears throat> but in my Bible, I've got, I've got different colored things and underlined. And, and right here, all by itself, I underlined that sentence. And it said, he must needs go through Samaria. In other words, to Jesus, it was imperative that he takes this route. It's critically important that he goes the way he goes. Not, not, not the two other routes that were available so he could go around and miss Samaria, Samaria altogether. I got to go through this way. And you say, well, how, why, why is that so? What, what was that all about? If we look in your notes, look in Mark 135. Let's see what Jesus did on a regular basis. And in the morning, <clears throat> and in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there, and there, and there, how many of y'all believe tonight that Jesus would probably practice what he preached? Would y'all agree with that? Can we all say, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Jesus most likely would practice what he preached. Well, what did he preach? He said, this is how you need to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy and thy. So I'm pretty sure that was Jesus' practice in his prayer. So I'm pretty sure that a great while before day, before Jesus went, maybe before the sun even come up, Jesus is on his knees talking to his Father because in his humanity he's living by faith just like everybody else had to in his humanity. He's walking by faith in obedience to the Father. So here he is on his knees and saying, Father, thy will be done. Lord, let me talk to the one I need to talk to. Let me do what I need to do. Let me see who I need to see. I want your will done in my life. 
life. I want to accomplish what you want me to do in my life. Because the Word of God says He always did what pleased the Father. So what, what, preacher, what are you saying about this? I truly believe, I truly believe that in his journey, the Holy Spirit says, hey, go this route. Because it specifically says he must needs go through Samaria. I believe prayer. Preacher, I want to win somebody to Christ. When's the last time you asked God to let you? Prayer. It'll work. It'll work. And, and, and let me say this. Don't ask unless you're serious. I, I've told you this story a hundred times. When, when Susan Wisdom, the very first arrival they came, we had friend day on that Sunday. They were with us on that Sunday, and she was kind of bummed out because they're on the road all the time, traveling back and forth, back and forth. They're at the motel, and she was bummed out that she didn't have a friend to bring because we had friend day on that Sunday. And she's sitting there in her devotional that morning said, God, I sure would love a friend by that time. And the young lady walked in the door. She introduced herself, said, we're at Revival. We're having a big time at the church down the road. We'd love to have you. They came that night, and the husband and the mom both got saved, walked the aisle, came to the altar. Susan went down. Susan was singing in the invitation, left the singing, went down there and prayed with her. Preacher, what are you saying? If you really meant it when you raised your hand, unless you just lied in church, if you really meant it, if you pray about it, God will lead you to somebody. God will lead you to somebody. Not only prayer, but write this down. B. Write this word down. Patience. Patience. He sat thus at a well. He sat thus at a well. Patience. I, I, I want to say this. Sometimes. <clears throat> I, <I'm, laughs> Let me see if I can word this. How many of y'all know people can be frustrating? Frustrating. Frustrating. And sometimes in our efforts to reach them, we get frustrated with them and we get impatient. Uh, I... I don't know, I, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to speculate on this, but I, I don't know the bounds, I don't know the bounds of the humanity and the deity and what the Holy Spirit would allow Jesus to know when he knew it. Because, because on one hand, when the woman got there, he knew all about who she was and her past and all that kind of stuff. But then it doesn't say why he had to go through Samaria. He just knew he was supposed to. So maybe he's sitting here at this well. Whatever the reason is, the point is, he's very patient. Very patient. And sometimes in our soul winning efforts, we need to be patient. This person we've been praying for, this person we've been working on. Say, preacher, every time I talk to them, they just give me the, and they just turn me down. Just be patient be patient the source of opportunities prayer and patience say it with me prayer and patience all right number two quickly don't you see this don't you see the silence of opportunity the silence of opportunity in other words in other words why is it that most christians when they have an opportunity they remain silent Two things I, I think is, is huge. One, A, is, is big, a fear of rejection. A fear of rejection. Uh, Jesus is at the well, she comes. He says, he says, how about give me something to drink? And you know what her response is? What in the world are you doing talking to me? What are you doing talking to me? Because here's the thing. She says, I know y'all have no dealings 
with the Samaritans. Now, if you want to dig deeper into that, that phrase, dealings with the Samaritans, it, it, it literally means, translated, it literally means this, they use not the same utensils. In other words, in other words, they're, 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 they, they don't even hang with them. They don't eat after them. They, they're not around. They, no. No, we don't, we don't hobnob. We, we don't know. You, you don't have anything to do, literally. And now, now she's bringing a bucket, and he's asking her to give her, him something to drink from her bucket. Y'all are not getting it, are you? Are you seeing this? And not only that, not only that is him a Jew and, and, and her a Samaritan, and, and they just don't mix that way, and they hate each other, and, 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 but she's a woman. And in that culture, men did not speak to women in public, especially a rabbi. Y'all with me? Because tradition and culture... <laughs> Let me say this. Jesus doesn't give a rip about tradition. Jesus doesn't give a rip about culture. Matter of fact, to the point, <laughs> he sent the, the disciples into Samaria to buy what? After people they won't eat after. Do y'all not see the irony in this? And think about this. Think about this. How many disciples are there? Does it take 12 disciples to carry a sandwich? <laughs> How many disciples? No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Now, now watch, now watch. I mean, think about this. It didn't take all of them. I mean, some of them could have hung out with Jesus and kept him company. But see, they would have messed everything up. <laughs> Look, this, is, this is so good. This is, I don't care who you are, this is good. <clears throat> When, when they came back, or, let, let, let me give you the next one, then we'll get to it. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm getting ahead of myself because I know where I'm going. <clears throat> Sometimes we're silent because we fear rejection. What if they say no? How, how many of y'all would say, that, that's me, that's me. I hate rejection. Listen, guys, it's going to happen. I have talked to people. I have talked to people, y'all know my, my phrase, I love to say, do you get to go to church anywhere? And man, I've, I've talked to people, even if some, some, a lot of times they say, yeah, I go to souls, and man, that's great, that's wonderful. And sometimes I say, no, but I sure need to, and man, that's great. And I've talked to man, you come to temple, and, and sometimes I use a little humor in it, and, 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 and most times they catch up, man, we got an awesome preacher at temple. <laughs> and I do it in such a, 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 you know, over the over the counter or over the top type of way is you, ain't it? <laughs> and and so those are really cool. But but the other day I was I was at I was at uh, Dollar General and uh, and and I said I said hey man I said do you get to go to church anywhere? He said he said listen man he said I, I'm not I'm, I respect you and all that but he said I don't do the church thing. Well my heart just broke. I, I just tried to be friendly and say, hey, man, have you ever changed your mind? We'd love to have you down there. But, but there was rejection there. I remember, <laughs> I remember when I, I, I was taking a, uh, one of the young converts that was at, at Long Branch. <clears throat> and, uh, and we were just knocking on doors, knocking on doors. And I don't like to do that because that cold turkey stuff is not for me. I'm just not good at that. Y'all know I'm shy anyway, but I was doing it, cause, you know. And so we were knocking on doors, and, 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 and Barnwell, South Carolina, is a real small, small town, smaller than Coleman, way smaller than Coleman. And uh, so in the, in, the, in the part by the city, in, in all the housing areas by the city, most people, it seemed like every door we knocked on went to First Baptist. You know, hey, I, we, we'd knock on the door. 
Hey, my name's Malcolm Carter, and this is Alan Botterford. We're from uh, uh, Long Branch Baptist Church, and we're just out in the neighborhood inviting people to come. And, and, uh, and, it's, and most of the people, and I was doing the lead. He was just following because he was trying to learn how to do it. And most of the people say, hey, that's great, but we go to First Baptist. I said, man, that's wonderful. I hope you all have a great Sunday this Sunday. On and on. We did about three or four in a row. And uh, so the next one, <clears throat> the next one, he wanted to do it. And, and Alan said, let me do it. Let me do it. And I said, all right. I said, you, you got it. You've seen how I did it. Just, just do it the same way, you know. And he's, okay, 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 okay. So we get to the door, and he knocks on the door. And I, I'm going to just tell you, <clears throat> there's always one. And it's usually always the person's first one, if you know what I mean. The most crabby person in Barnwell County came to the door, snatched the door open, and it shook Alan up so bad, he, he got kind of tongue-tied for what he said. He, he, he said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Alan Botterford, and I'm from First Baptist Church, and, and <laughs> I mean, I mean I, I'm from Long Branch Baptist Church. He says, well, I go to First Baptist. Wham! Slam the door. <laughs> so, it's not always going to be. Sometime there's going to be rejection. But guess what? If they rejected Jesus, that puts you in good company. Don't worry about rejection. Second thing is this. Sometimes we stay silent because we're afraid for our reputation. Now, this was worse. This is worse. It's one thing to fear rejection, but it's another thing to worry about what people are going to think about you. Because Jesus even said this, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. And sometimes we don't witness at work or we don't witness wherever because we're afraid of what people, they're going to think I'm a quack, they're going to think I'm crazy, they're going to think I'm some religious nut. Hey, I don't care what they think. Don't worry about your reputation. You say, where do you get this from this chapter? Do you realize the disciples come back? And, and Jesus is finishing up his talk with her, and they come back, and they look at each other, and say, he's talking to a woman, a Samaritan woman. What's he doing talking to her? And they were like, whoa. But you know what? Jesus didn't care. It's amazing to me all the lines he crossed to reach this broken woman. All the tradition he could, he could give a rip about to reach this broken woman. Y'all with me? Look at number three. Look at number three. We're going to finish. We're going to finish. Have faith. <clears throat> Listen, the source of opportunity, the silence of opportunity, the secret of opportunity. The secret of opportunity. Here's, here's the secret. A, there has to be a constant readiness. A constant readiness. In other words, it, it would do you good to learn the Romans road. You don't have to know it, but it don't hurt a thing in the world. Well, I don't know what to say. Well, learn. Learn. It's not difficult. I just can't, I just can't, I just can't hardly, I, I, I just can't, uh, 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 I, you know, memorize them. How about this? How about this? All my exes live in, see there. You can memorize something. Hello. You can do it. It's not hard. It's not hard. Get an index card. Have a cheat sheet. Keep it in your pocket all the time. Be ready. You say, well, I don't have no memory at all. There ain't no problem. Keep it in your back pocket. We, we have those little cards with the, with the plan of salvation on it. You can have them right there with you anytime. Let me Let me tell you right here. Be ready. A constant readiness. Is that biblical? Absolutely. Look at your notes. Look at your notes. 1 Peter 3, 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready. Be ready to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. I don't want to be the type of Christian. And I know you're saying, well, you're the preacher. It's just easy for you. Man, I had to have this before I was a preacher. If somebody came up to me and won't know how to be saved, man, you need to tell them right then. Don't wait. Be ready. There needs to be a constant readiness. Then 
Here's 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 a kicker. Now, now some of y'all put on put on your seatbelts and fixing to get some rocket rocky. I, I, I feel turbulence coming right here. The secret to opportunity is not only a constant readiness, but a complete reach. A complete reach. What in the world are you talking about? Watch this. Be ready always as constant readiness to give an answer to to. To red, yellow, black, and white. They are precious in his sight. If, if we're going to be able to take advantage of opportunities, you're going to have to lose your prejudice. And, and not, not just prejudice, but your preconceived idea of who, you, who you're supposed to be looking for. Everybody's looking for the Nicodemuses. They're wanting a, a ready-made church member. They're, they're wanting a church member that don't have that much work to do on them. They want the church member that, that they can just plug right in and, 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 and don't have... No, we don't, we don't, we're looking for church people that don't have no baggage. But guess what? That's going to narrow down your availability of... of mm. It's, it's kind of like... I, 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 you know, people that are really good at fishing, usually they, are, they, they, they have a uh, specific species that they... Uh, they concentrate on or they specialize in. But I love that old country redneck that goes fishing and say, what you fishing for? Any blessed thing that buys that hook. I love to go see the people who's sitting on the, on, the, on the lake bank or the creek bank they hold up the stringer, and suddenly they got brim, bass, catfish, suckerfish, whatever's on there. If they bite, buddy, they're going in the pot. Let me tell you what's wrong with most churches. They're too selective. And if you're selective, you're not spiritual. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you this right now. Jesus crossed so many boundaries to reach this one woman. It's unbelievable. He, he, <laughs> he blew prejudice, slam out the water. Took it all, I just took it all away. To the point the disciples could not even believe that he was talking to her. Now you know why he sent everyone in turkeys into town. He did it on purpose. He knew if there was a bunch of prejudiced people there with him, he would not have the opportunity to win this person to Christ. She's a mess. She's an outcast. She's immoral. But Jesus loved her. I guarantee you this, if you stop worrying about what color people are, let me go beyond that. Some of y'all, most of y'all, probably all y'all don't have that issue. But if you don't care what they've done. Here, here, let, me, let me tell you something. It's very easy to see wickedness in people and categorize them that way. You can see a person, and, 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 and trust me, it don't take much. It don't take much for a for a, a a rest report to go on Facebook, and you'll see how people will demonize them. So called Christian people. And by the way, y'all stop sharing that junk. There ain't enough problems. Stop stop sharing somebody's. The Bible says that, that we don't rejoice in somebody else's downfall. I, I see, I see so-called Christians get on. I tell you what, I knew them. I do. Bless God, they ought to fry him. They ought to hang him. They ought to do all this kind of stuff. 
Recently, I walked into a hospital room with probably somebody right now that's pretty hated. And it's amazing that you can get this idea in your head because you see a certain type of people, and in your mind, this is what you think of them because they're, bless God, they're that, they did this, and they're just... And I walked into that hospital room, and all I seen was a scared human being. And it was amazing to me, in that moment, how God humanized well, preacher, did he do stuff bad? Terrible stuff. List of terrible stuff. Terrible, 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 terrible stuff. But in that moment, all I could see was someone broken and someone that Jesus loved. And you know what? She had a list. She, she was so immoral, she couldn't hang out with regular folk. She had such a horrible reputation. Jesus didn't care. You know what makes Temple special? We don't care. And the type of people that do care, they don't hang out long. All I can say, don't let the door hit you. <laughs> Y'all know the rest. <clears throat> Man, that kind of thing. Most of y'all in here, I know it's time's out, but I'm going to say this. <clears throat> Most of y'all in here has gone through foundation. And most of y'all know that when we get to the end of foundations, there's this covenant part. And there's one section of the covenant part that, that, that I'm, I'm going through 100 miles an hour because by that time I've been so long-winded, nobody wants to be in foundations no more. They're just ready to get out. But I always stop. And in that part it says, we will warmly welcome all that come. And, I, and most of y'all know in that foundation, because I told you this is my pet peeve. If you can't do this, I don't want you here. If you can't look beyond someone's fault and see their need and their potential, I don't want you here. If you can't look past the smell of smoke or you can't look past the smell of liquor on somebody's breath because they've been out in a club the whole night before and now they're here. They don't even know why they're here, but they're here. If you can't look past all that, honey, there's, there's plenty of other churches to go to. My father was a heathen. My father was not just a bad guy. He was not just a sinner. He was mean about it. And he had an attitude. Very wicked. Very. All y'all know is the nonchalant cowboy that comes in late every service. <laughs> and it don't matter who's got Bibles or purses there. He just moves them out the way and finds his seat. Do I have a witness? Somebody asked, what are you going to do about it? I said, you do something about it. Don't you see that cane he carries? He's experienced, all right? <laughs> At that age, when you pastored that long, you can, you, can sit, you can sit up here for all I care. I don't care where you sit. But that's all you know. You don't know the pre-Jesus, Malcolm. But there were people that loved and cared enough about him and didn't care about his past and didn't care about his history and didn't care about his reputation. They wanted him saved. And if there hadn't have been that type of people at Bethel Baptist Church that many years ago, I wouldn't be standing here today. Because I'd have probably been just as mean as he was. So why ain't you? Because he beat the Hades out of me my whole life. I had to be nice. 
I use the biblical term. Aren't you glad somebody cared enough to look past his past and see his potential? I'm telling you this. If you say, God, any man, anywhere, anytime, you know what? You're going to see people in a different light. I'm telling you, when I walked in that hospital room, I saw what I saw on Facebook, and I knew what reality was, and I knew the history, and I knew all of the past situations and failures and sins. And, but when I walked into the room and I saw him, it was somebody Jesus loved. And before you decide to post on Facebook again and share something of somebody else's failure, understand this, Jesus loved them too. Any man. Write, write this last one down. <clears throat> that way you'll have it in case I don't come back to it. <clears throat> no, I'm coming back to it. I, we'll, we'll, we'll start this next week because there's something good that happens. <clears throat> there's something good that happens. Listen, let's, let's reach everybody. Let's go invite a bunch of people and get them here Sunday and see them saved. What do you say? Everybody good with that? Let's go take advantage of every opportunity we can. Remember this. This is how you do it. You get to go to church anywhere? Not, not, you go to church? There's a big difference. When you say, do you go to church? That's like saying, how's your spleen doing? <laughs> that's a little personal. Say amen. <laughs> Smile, Andrew. You know that's funny. All right. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so 